Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. And in the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Hey, everybody. Excited to bring you another episode of the Give First podcast. It's David Cohen. I am here with Jonathan Levin. I'm so excited to talk to you, Jonathan. Chainalysis is on fire. Amazing progress since uh, we first met at the Accelerator in New York. Thanks for joining. Thanks so much, David. Great to be here. For those that maybe don't know uh, your background or what's going on with the company, tell us a little bit about Chainalysis and a little bit about how you got to that point in your career. Yeah, so we are Chainalysis. It's a blockchain investigation and compliance company. We started off in 2014 really early in crypto, thinking about if cryptocurrencies are ever going to become a mainstream or even quasi-mainstream technology, there needs to be a company that knows the most about how and why people use cryptocurrencies in the world. And we realized that we have this ability to take all of the information inside the blockchain and turn that into actionable intelligence that our customers can use to fight against money laundering, in compliance context, if you're a financial institution, or we've helped governments around the world solve criminal cases that involve cryptocurrencies. And we started the company in Europe, myself and two Danish founders. So the three of us got together and then we moved to the US to really build out the business. And now we operate in over 40 countries around the world. We have a staff of over 200 people. We've raised a bunch of venture capital and have really built out the company to be a global platform to enable the safe adoption of cryptocurrencies around the world. And it's amazing because I was thinking back to what year was the Techstars program that you were in? Do you remember? Yeah, we were in 2015 class with uh, Barclays. Pretty quick progress to to where you are today. And I, I remember, I don't know if you remember, but sitting in a room and sort of learning about the company for the first time my light bulbs went off. I was like, in the mainstream financial industry today, there are several companies that are very large, you know, billion dollar enterprises or larger that sort of focus on fraud and reporting and understanding what's happening in those financial markets and provide that kind of analysis. And if blockchain, these type of currencies, you know, they're based on that take off, there's going to be a need for similar type of infrastructure. I don't know if you remember that conversation, but I remember it really vividly. And then to see sort of you know, what, five, six years later, you know, y'all have hit that exactly that point where you're now valued as a, you know, a unicorn billion dollar company and, you know, are growing like crazy. It's pretty amazing to watch that kind of progress in five years. It's really fascinating because we had quite a contrarian bet at the time. And really the industry, even the cryptocurrency industry at the time, didn't think that what we were doing was necessary for the adoption of cryptocurrency, we had a hard time convincing investors of two things. One is 
that cryptocurrencies were ever going to be something. And the second thing would be that this was an essential part of how cryptocurrencies were going to ever be adopted. And what turned out to be sort of quite a contrarian position six years ago is now a mainstream opinion held by all the executives who are at cryptocurrency businesses see us as an essential part of their ability to comply with regulation. All the governments that we work with around the world have issued good regulation that allows for the continued innovation on top of cryptocurrencies because they have the tools at their disposal to mitigate risk. And yeah, at the time in in 2015, when we were sitting in that room, this was just a thesis and an idea that didn't have any real legs to it. But it's great when that long-term bet and the thesis that you have is actually on point. Just to let people into the minds of investors a little bit, I know you're doing some investing now too. I remember thinking about those same two things that you mentioned, right? Will, Will cryptocurrency actually be a thing? I would admit to, I don't know, that was my answer. Like, maybe, could be, I don't know. But what if it was, right? And so on that first question was, yeah, plenty of uncertainty. But as investors, that's fine. We like uncertainty, right? It, it may not be a thing or it may be a thing. And if it is a thing, the second thing you mentioned, you know, the need for the type of infrastructure that you're providing, to me, I remember thinking that's obvious, right? We're going to have to have that. Maybe I was overly saying it's obvious because maybe it wasn't to others, but you know, you're going to need infrastructure uh, for something that is going to change the world in that way. And so as an investor, just letting you into the mindset that I had, and I know Jenny Fielding probably had and others was, yeah, let's take that first bet. And if that first bet turns out to be a good bet, then this company is going to be needed a lot. And I remember processing it that way at that time. You have to boil down the investment into those basic questions that you have to answer for yourself. And what we did was we said, well, this is going to be an essential part of how cryptocurrencies are going to be managed and how financial institutions and how regulators are going to have to be able to interact with this technology. We were trying to answer those simple questions. Once you do that for yourself, you then just get this hard conviction that you're going in the right direction. And no matter how many no's you get, along the way. And you know, we probably pitched about 75 investors for our seed round and couldn't convince anyone. It was at a stage in the market where cryptocurrencies were completely flat and there wasn't the level of activity that we see today. And maybe people hadn't really even been exposed to cryptocurrencies at that point. And we just continued to say that this is going to happen, that there's an inevitability that money is going to become more digital, that we're going to need to have new ways to transact on the internet. And the next generation is not going to accept the status quo when it comes to financial services. And we said that has to be right. And crypto is challenging all of those assumptions. And there needs to be this company in existence. We didn't exactly take no for an answer, even though we had to listen to it 75 times. I vaguely remember taking no for an answer from the accelerator. Listen, I, I wanted to talk about Give First. That's the show. And you guys have adopted Give First literally as one of the values in your company. Why? Give First was just really natural. We came into Techstars, and I would say... The decision to even join Techstars was a decision about being part of a community 
Michael and I are not from America. Michael's from Denmark. I'm from London. And we needed to move the business to the US. We were crossing the Atlantic four times a month and thinking about what we really needed to do to plant our flag in America. And we were already generating revenue in the business. And at that point, we fell off to the races, even though we probably weren't. The need was to be part of a community of people who could actually support you, who could help with initial customer intros, who could help guide what does it mean to be in America? What does healthcare look like? What is the legal system? How do visas work? What does it take to actually build a company? And we said, let's join Techstars. And, you know, having spoken to Jenny Fielding, she was this mentor and matriarch of the company helping us get through all of the initial parts of building this company. And through that, we learned the Techstars way, which is give first. And when Michael, myself, and actually Jan, the third co-founder, sat down to think about our values, give first was one of the first things that came out of our mouths and went onto the whiteboard. It was the simplest of everything that we do because everything that we had experienced through Techstars had a profound impact on us, on the way that people really helped out and gave advice and gave from their personal network and helped out. So that was really how it sort of happened. All of us could just get on board with it. And we also just found like in the beginning stages of a company, you're helping new employees come in, even your customers that you're trying to sell to, you're actually giving first to those people as well. So we did a lot of what Jan, who's the technical co-founder, called free consultancy where we would actually sit with government agencies who really did not understand cryptocurrency at the time and really handhold them through a process of being able to investigate it. And so we would just felt like we were constantly in this mindset of giving first, not necessarily expecting anything on the back end of it, educating the market, helping out other companies and receiving in return in spades from the textiles community and from other people that we met along the way. And this is why I love to do this show, because the stories of just having this attitude are contagious. And we never know what we're going to get back from it either. That's the beauty of it, is you, you sort of give to entrepreneurs, and some of them do amazingly well, and you end up getting give back economically, or they give it forward to someone else, which is often even more powerful. And I have a little story, if it's okay to tell, right, of a totally unexpected way that values come back to us. You guys really live it, and it's really obvious. We're recording this sort of hopefully getting close to coming out of a pandemic, and we are running our accelerator programs virtually. And I know Jenny Fielding said to you, I would love to have a place to have the founders. I'm really bummed we can't. We're doing it all virtually, and it just it's not going to be the same. And you guys stepped up and said, hey, we're not using some office space, you guys could have the founders come here and congregate and gather. And that's just an amazing thing. And Jenny's just like, they're really giving back to the community in, in a way that was totally unexpected. And that's the kind of story, even though it's coming back to us, as opposed to being passed on to others, I'm sure you're passing it on to a lot of other people too. The unexpected part of what you get back from just trying to be helpful to someone and trying to live a value is pretty amazing. So A, thanks for that. <laughs> that's super generous. I know you guys are involved in, in the Founders Pledge and other things like that, but how else does the company kind of execute against this Give First culture? This is one of the things where it's definitely a real pleasure to just keep helping out on different Techstars events or programs or companies or people. We've been involved. 
I have you know, mentored companies through textiles programs and really have enjoyed mentor madness on the other side of sitting there for 10 minutes and trying to understand someone's entire business and try and give them two minutes of wisdom. And when we came to America, we came to the Flatiron District, New York, and basically almost lived in that office for three months and started to build a company. And so when Jenny Fielding said, I'm looking for a space in New York, I said, and Michael said, of course, you should just take the office. And actually, it's exactly the size of something that you would need for this program. We even have pretty much an office per company that can actually isolate in these different rooms if they need it. And there's enough space for you to have meeting rooms in different parts of it if you need to segregate everyone out. And so I said, the only thing you need to do is I've got like a bicycle and two sofas and a mattress in the office. And it's currently serving as the most expensive storage unit in the whole of New York City. So I'd much rather put a few budding companies in there and help do some good in the world. So really pleased about that. And it comes just as an obvious thing. It's not even a question of a decision that needs to be taken. It's just something that is instinctual. And I think that we've managed to do it throughout the company. And so we have four values at Chainalysis. And we like to recognize people when they exhibit these values. And we try and talk about the values a lot. And Give First is one of them. And we have this channel in our Slack for the company called Banana Yays. And I won't go into the full story of like where the banana came I think from, we want to hear the story. If you, <laughs> no, we don't, that's okay. The, the, the banana story is uh, at one of the company meetups. A few people were in a bar late at night and they were hiding this banana in all sorts of different parts of the bar. And then it was someone else's turn to go and find the banana. And then someone found another banana and it was a game of banana telephone. And then it became a banana call. And so now actually our, our company call, All Hands, is called a banana call where everyone jumps on for the company. And we recognize everyone's values. And when we've had people demonstrate it and you know some of the things that people have done for other people, the company are just amazing. And I see Give First always comes up in how we recognize performance. One funny example that sticks in my mind is we do a lot of content marketing. We have a lot of information about what is going on on the blockchain. We constantly are putting out that content into the world. And we have people who rehearse these webinars and like present like with really high quality and at one of these public webinars with like hundreds of people tuned in, the presenter's audio cut out and the most junior member of the team said, I'm up and just delivered the rest of the webinar off the Mm. cuff. And those types of moments or someone new to the company needs a place to crash or someone needs a hand with something, like there's always someone in the company who's, who's going to help with that. So that's ways that we're trying to do it. And yeah, we recognize people on a monthly basis on those values. And I think actually out of the four company values, it's the value that everyone can really agree with and internalizes. Same with us. It ends up on the wall in the kitchen, you know, hashtag give first and all that. And you know, we have four also, and it, it is the one that everybody leads with. I want to just emphasize something that you were talking about for entrepreneurs listening. It's easy to have values, right? It's harder to live them. And here's a few clear stories and examples of how you're living them. But I think I think this idea of celebrating them, talking about them, having expectations around them, and probably most importantly, 
hiring people and, and even firing people, right, for not living the values or, or sort of going against the values, even if they're high performers, right, is, is really, really important. I think that a lot of startups I see have values and it's much harder to live them than to talk about them, as, as you know. It has to be both ways. It has to be that the leaders live these values and embody them and celebrate when people are demonstrating them. But also some of that celebration and some of that reinforcement has to come from the team itself. For example, with us, we have like emojis that are specifically designed for each of our values, but that wasn't something that the leadership said. And now we need logos, like these little emojis for our values, like that came organically from the team. And a lot of what actually ends up forming the culture and how that actually gets reinforced comes from the team itself rather than from the leadership. Yeah, that's when it really gets powerful. You see other people living it in your organization and, and you're sort of like, wow, this has taken root. And that's how you know that the values are being lived. I want to switch into rapid fire. A couple questions. Give me 10, 20 second answers. Get some information out there about what's in your head uh, quickly for other people listening. Any book that's impacted you recently, Jonathan, in your career that you think all entrepreneurs should check out? A bunch of them. I think that high output management, it's pretty dense, but it's an amazing book about how you should, as an executive, judge the output of yourself based on the output of all of the people in your organization and the adjacent organization that you have influence over. I think it's a really important lesson from Andy Groves about how, as an executive, you can take that step back out of doing as a founder and try and actually scale yourself as a person. How about a startup that you've come across that you think people should check out that's pretty cool? The company that I'm going to plug is a company called OpenSea. It's O-P-E-N-S-E-A. It's a NFT marketplace which is a place for artwork, digital artworks to be bought and sold in this new, interesting way. And they are at the very early stages of defining what it is to trade these new digital collectibles. And I think that there's just a really interesting ideas that can come out of turning artwork and other forms of assets on the internet into something that is collectible and tradable. How about a place in the world that you think everybody should visit while they're still alive? Well, my parents come from South Africa, and I have been very fortunate to be able to go there. And it's one of the places in the world which has a very tragic history and a lot of difficulty in its past, but it's got an amazing natural beauty and it's got a real energy and passion for being able to come out of that and do something great in the world. And I think it's an amazing place for people to be. Definitely on my list to get to. How about a, this is Give First after all, a nonprofit that you maybe have been involved in that you think other people should check out? I would just say there's a company actually called Brightest that in New York City, they are a company that connect people and corporations to volunteering opportunities. The founder, Chris Bowman, is a great guy who's been involved in entrepreneurship and social action. And they are doing really interesting work. If you're a corporation looking for a way to do CSR management and to get your people involved in volunteering opportunities, check it out. It's a really interesting business and opportunity that he's going after. 
Thank you on behalf of everybody listening for the insights and uh, congratulations on everything you've got going on at Chainalysis. And thanks for living that give first culture. Uh, Y'all are in the Techstars Unicorn Club. There's now 15 Techstars Unicorns. Pretty amazing. Pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks so much. And it's great to be part of this community and see all the other companies who are just waiting to succeed in this way. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one, and reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, Give First.